0: Welcome back to Beyond the Talk, a podcast formed in conjunction with TEDxUF, an independently organized TED event determined to dive deeper into the talks that you know and love. I'm Erica.
1: I guess that makes me Virginia. (laughs) But this podcast episode, you will be tortured for however long we decide to do it of just me and Erica's voices. So welcome back, everyone. It's me and Erica. No interviews, just us. And what are we going to talk about? I guess since it's spooky season, we thought it would be cool to talk about some of our favorite spooky stories, creatures, how they came to be, their history, and we're probably going to end with a little your bit of a, the local touches that we give it here. Local lore. Um, the local lore about exactly. what the heck makes Gainesville, Florida so freaking creepy. So exactly. you'd be surprised. It's, it's more than just the Alachua County residents. So. <laughs> it's more than
0: just the University of Florida. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's more than just UF and the residents of Alachua County <laughs> and the students, so you'd be surprised.
0: So, yeah, as uh, Virginia said, we're just going to kind of talk about a couple of, you know, spooky favorites, spooky classic characters. And just kind of because we are Ted, you know, we want to go deep into the the history of these things and how they came to be and kind of like the fun facts of how these myths and legends and spooky characters, you know.
1: So spooky. So
0: spooky. Got um into popular media. So first and foremost, Vampires. What's the first thing you think of?
1: When- Easy. uh Ian hunters abs from Vampire Diaries. Ooh, yes. Da- team Damon or Team Stefan? Stefan.
0: Uh, I'm actually Team Team Damon. Team Damon. For okay. Sure. Thank goodness. Yeah. I was, like everyone, oh. I was about to get out of the studio. Virginia was right about to walk out of. The yeah. Pod. Okay.
1: Now, more important question: Team Edward or Team Jacob?
0: Oh, none. Yes. So. Anywho, but yeah, the one I think vampires—the first thing I think about is just yeah. Twilight. Like, Twilight. I. I a big Twilight household. You mean My the cinematic roommate, masterpiece? Exactly. My roommate and I have a Twilight puzzle. We have the Twilight board games at home. So, where
1: were you when you saw your first Twilight film, Erica? Where were you?
0: I was in Pembroke Pines, Florida. Actually, I I remember quite clearly the day, the discussion I had after watching the movie. And yeah, did you read the books?
1: I read the first three, and then.
0: Oh, you didn't get to the good part then. I think sparkly things. I think blood-drinking creatures.
1: Sparkles. I think old, creepy white males. I think just people who stare longingly. Fangs. Fangs. Yes, yeah. I think fangs. I think...
0: Well, all that good stuff. Yeah, it's a So, classic. technically, according to the internet, a vampire is a being from folklore that subsists by feeding on the vital force, generally in the form of blood, of the living. In European folklore, vampires were undead beings that often visited loved ones and caused mischief or deaths in the neighborhoods they inhabited when they were alive.
1: Mischief. That's another big thing I think of. Yeah, really? Yeah, like I always think of vampires as tricksters.
0: Oh, I I don't.
1: Yes, hot... (laughs) men who prey on young women so exactly. not that different from so the, today. honestly that is the description <laughs> <laughs> yeah not that, not that different from this exactly. i never i never picture female vampires if you said picture a vampire yeah, i would never picture either. a woman
0: i always think men
1: wow really Ooh. makes you think
0: of your patriarchal mindset that yeah. you've been ingrained into <laughs> anywho just say <saying>. yeah <laughs> just a little little moment but yeah there's a lot of differences when it comes to again as we were saying we all think of different things just because there's so much diversity of the stories and like lots of different folklore have of vampires yeah so basically there's a lot because there's so many representations of vampires in a variety of cultures especially in like europe there's lots of history related to vampires or people had vampire stories there's a lot of diversity as well as how they're portrayed in media and different interpretations of what actually like what is a vampire so Actually, found this interesting fun fact that Virginia kind of just looked at me very (laughs) concernedly. I was reading
1: it on our outline, and I was like, "Erica, what am I? What did I just read?"
0: So you know, the consensus on like how to get transformed is usually some variation of like getting bit, and then like yeah, either I think
1: you like get bit, right? You you get bit. Some
0: people say it's like you get bit, and then you have to drink vampire blood, or like get bit and like die with vampire blood. I don't know. There's a whole there's a whole lore. But to find one, this is the only time I've actually found like a fact to find a vampire. So okay. in case, in case you, the public out there is interested in, <laughs> in finding case I'm vampires, free tonight. exactly. <laughs> Halloween weekend, you'll, you're going to need a seven-year-old boy <laughs> and a white horse, and it's important for the boy to be dressed in all white and placed on a horse at midnight, and then you go to a graveyard. Let the horse do its thing with the boy on top. With the boy on just top. Just riding the horse. Dressed and, in white. Exactly. Dressed in white. Very important. And then supposedly wherever the horse stops smell or feed or like eat the grass, mm-hmm. there's a vampire there.
1: Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I guess. So this is I'm a little nervous that I'm gonna see you in a Gainesville graveyard with a tiny I mean, boy. I, and I still horse. have no plans
0: for Halloween weekend, yes, so
1: let's you never know. Wow, well, Everyone, if you live near a graveyard in Alachua County, you see Erica <laughs> Watch there, out I guess mind your own business. She's exactly. busy. Don't text. <laughs> Don't text. <laughs> <laughs> busy yeah. vampire hunting. Don't text. Yeah, exactly.
0: But it's actually really cool how, why people created vampires in their minds. Because most of these legends come from just a basic misunderstanding of how bodies are decomposed. Which makes sense. Like, most yeah. of these legends are from, like, the 1400s. It's not like they had csi miami going on over there (laughs) basically as the skin shrinks on a rotting corpse or like a decaying body it looks like your teeth and fingernails are growing longer but it's just like your skin shrinking Uh and your internal organs they start to break down so sometimes it looks like you're purging a dark fluid which makes it look like blood, or just comes out of your nose Ew. and mouth.
1: Yeah. If anyone's wondering, I did not have dinner before this because I knew Eric <laughs> would ruin of the, it. Exactly. So basically,
0: lots of people thought this was blood and suspected that the corpse had been drinking from the living, and that was like the only way to explain why their uh-huh. body looked like that. So a lot of the a lot of times when you have the first sightings of vampires or the
1: first like first recording.
0: Yes, the first recording of vampires. It's usually at the, around the same time that there's, like, a plague somewhere or, oh, okay. or a big war or something. So that, then that's... You, all the corpses. Exactly. So okay, it was, like, sense. a way to make sense of just a bunch of people suddenly dying <laughs> because of a plague or something. And you, there's a bunch of graves that have been found with stakes in their bodies. Or another thing in Italy was that they would buried them with bricks in their mouths just to make sure the body stayed dead and stayed in their oh, place. Okay, Yeah, so... Yeah, just trying to avoid Vampire 101, bury them with some bricks and some stakes in their bodies so they stay in their graves.
1: That is, if you would have said, if you would have said, like, okay, picture this, we're in 1400 (laughs) and I are just living out here. We're trying to find our next meal. It's just us out there. And I'm thinking like, okay, maybe there's a half person who has fangs out there who likes to eat bodies. I, i my logical reasoning says, well, I like to think my logical reasoning, I like to think my logical reasoning says maybe it's like half beast, half animal. Mm. Um, So that's what my first thing says. Cause like, you know, like the, I think it's really the fangs and like the, the primal instinct of like, you know, yeah. there's like rumors that they have like good hearing, good eyesight, like stuff like that. Yeah. So I think like those are enhanced traits of like animals. So I always think of like animal like crossover.
0: Yeah. Well, that is with werewolves. That's kind of the same thing. Werewolves have also also made a bunch of appearances throughout history. And it's usually lots of times it was when there was diseases that would give you animal like traits, like yeah. where you would wouldn't be able to move properly or you'd have um, seizures, seizures and stuff like that. People would think you're you were a werewolf and or there's just like lots of cases of werewolf, werewolf sightings. And fun fact, lots of these people that people thought were werewolves were actually just serial killers.
1: Wow. Oh. Yeah. So, so, so wow. What, a, exactly. what an ease of ease of my mind there. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's not a werewolf. It's a serial killer. It's just
0: good to think about, you know? But yeah, so vampires and werewolves kind of had the same thing in that sense of just most of our like spooky, scary stories come from just a misunderstanding of science, how the body works, different illnesses, which now that we have the science and technology, you know, you know it. And you're like, oh, that, how could people believe that? But then back in the day, you're just like,
1: oh. It's me with aliens and artificial intelligence. Exactly. Oh, Robots that could be a whole Robots other podcast. Robots won't kill you. Podcast. And now later, it's going to be a robot Have you literally
0: not seen iRobot?
1: <laughs> Next podcast will be about robot killing. So exactly. stay tuned.
0: The first historical vampire. Have you ever heard of Vlad the Impaler?
1: No. Vlad sounds familiar. The Impaler. Tame Impala? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> Question mark.
0: You've never heard of Vlad the Impaler? I no. guess he's like just a famous, you know. Historical no, figure I, of Eastern Europe. It's going to
1: be that basic person that says Dracula. Um, oh. I have heard of Dracula.
0: Yeah. So supposedly people think that the guy that wrote Dracula, supposedly people think that Vlad the Impaler was Dracula or like the main source of
1: Okay. Kind of
0: like based on the true story of Vlad the Impaler, oh, that was why Dracula okay. was created. But that's not true. <laughs> Actually, Professor Dr. Lauren Kortza here at UF, he's a professor of medieval history and archaeology. And when I was doing my research for this episode, he popped up a couple of times because you know he does a lot of Eastern European history, ah. specifically in, in the area of Romania, <laughs> and he you know spelled some truth about because he he was like interviewed about the the historical accuracies of Hotel Dracula. Transylvania, yeah, exactly, oh. <laughs> Dracula and Vlad the Impaler and whether they were the same person or like source of inspiration. Mm-hmm. Turns out Vlad the Impaler never lived in Transylvania, so if wow. you're ever for whatever reason, Sad. around there. And they tell you, yeah, Vlad the Impaler lived here. Fact checked, False. Did not. And there's a whole story of how the name Dracula came to be related to Vlad the Impaler. Okay. He was part of this Order of the Dragon, which was created by a Hungarian king in order to defend the empire against the Ottoman Empire. Okay, And he was part of it. And he was very famous for using very violent methods against his enemies. And he was known as Dracul... That was his little nickname on, in the order. And Drac also refers to another beard creature, the devil. So it's believed that the author of Dracula kind of put those two together in order to, you know, tie it into ah. Vlad the Impaler and also just the devil because vampires are these otherworldly creatures that do crazy stuff. Yeah, but, they're, but Vlad the Impaler wasn't a vampire. He was just very violent. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah! So, so most the, historical kings, exactly.
0: So he's actually like very much loved in Romania as a, a
1: war hero, kind as of, for defending, be, the, as he the, defending
0: against the Ottoman Empire. Exactly. We love a national hero. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. Crowd favorite. But spoiler alert: Vlad the Impaler, not a vampire. We have some vampires in real life.
1: We do have some vampires in real life. So cute ones. <laughs> yeah, they're they're a little cuter, blood bats. There are specific types of bats that actually do suck blood, so that's very, very true. The University of Florida has a huge bat population. We're well known for our bat houses down by Lake Alice. It's a huge tradition to go watch them. But I don't think those are blood bats. I don't I think
0: they're fruit bats.
1: I think they're fruit bats fruit as bats well. Too. And they go out there and feast at uh, sunset every night. They'll come out and fly and it's over um, half a million bats that live here on UF's campus down oh, those really? bat houses. I didn't know it was that many. I didn't know it was that many either. And I went and watched them for a couple, the first time a couple weeks ago. And I was guessing. I was like, okay, for like ten minutes, the bats were you still flying out of the every house. single, yeah, bat. actually, still there and counted every single. <laughs> no, I for like ten minutes, the bats just kept coming out, and I was like, okay, like how many can live up there? <laughs> like, what for like Stop, ten minutes? Please. I was like, jeez, come on. And I looked it up, and it's, it's 500,000 bats who live there at UF. Oh, wow. So it's crazy. And we're the only uh, place in the state that has it, so...
0: Oh, I already know.
1: She's so... But you she's... don't
0: have to worry. They're not blood-sucking bats, Yeah, so you can
1: go. And can... everyone thinks that they poop on you, but they don't. They really don't care. They're just there to get their bag and get their food and get get <laughs> and home. And <then> go home. Or <laughs> Go, back, we to, go back to sleep.
0: Proper college students, <laughs> in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, leeches and...
1: Lampreys. Those Lampreys. are those... Um, those are those like little fish things, like at the bottom of the sea that will like latch on to other animals and just suck oh, their blood. Oh, and just suck. Like the leeches are smaller. They're like. <laughs> yeah, blood, leeches, like they'll bugs. get on you, no? Know? Yeah, they'll get on you yeah. as like humans. But lampreys, I think, only prey on other like other, other fish and like stuff like that. Gotcha. They're more like deep, deep, yeah. deep dark one.
0: So that's the tea on um, vampires and how they came to be, in case you were curious.
1: <laughs> in case you were wondering about vampires. So we'll talk about next, next, uh, next little. Next little spiel, little creature we'll dive into here. It's about witches, brujaria, if you will. Uh, when I, fun fact, when I went to the Dominican Republic on my mission trip, all the kids were like, she's a bruja. Uh, <laughs> I was deemed the witch. And still to this day, most of my friends are convinced that I am a witch or I play with voodoo dolls at night or stuff like that just because how the universe works.
0: <laughs> just your personality as a yeah, whole. Yes, just
1: my personality as a whole mm-hmm. uh, has some questionable tendencies. So we're going to find out a little bit about... Today, if I was believed to be a witch, what would happen to me back then? Would you have survived? Would I have survived as a witch or a secret witch, if they will? So people considered to be pagans doing the devil's work. Like, originally, witchcraft obviously is not a big, a lot of people aren't a big fan of witchcraft because they're Christians. So they're like, hey, there's there's God and he rules all and he makes all the decisions and that's how the universe is. And so that's why a lot of people, especially Christians, who composed of, who made up most of the world at this point in time were like, yo, what's that girl doing over there? (laughs) Played in the corner with some sticks or something. I don't even know. So they got a little freaked out. But it's unclear exactly when witches came into the historical scene, but one of the earliest records of a witch is in the Bible. In book one of Samuel, it was thought to be written between 931 BC and 721 BC. And the story says, when King Saul sought the witch of Endor to summon the dead prophet Samuel's spirit to help him defeat the Philistine army. So he's like, "All right, well, I guess I can't." I need some help. He's like, "All right, I gotta turn. I gotta turn to someone," and of course, he turned to a powerful female figure, obviously. Of course. So, as he should have. (laughs) So, witch hysteria, though, everyone thinks of witch hysteria and they think of Europe. So, it really, it really began in the 1400s, and it's it's considered that the publication of, forgive my, yeah, forgive me, I might butcher this, malice, maleficarum. It's a guidebook on how to identify, hunt, and interrogate witches. It's
0: so basically just witch hunting for dummies. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, how to witch hunt? So, yep. And this book was so popular; it was the next bestseller in Europe after the Bible for like a so, hundred years. <laughs> for a hundred years, so people really said, "All right, we're bored." <laughs> yeah, I'm tired of I'm tired of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's hunt witches. <laughs> let's pick yeah, something up let's here. Let's broaden our liter- literary <laughs> horizons. Yeah. So, eighty thousand witches. Witches in quotation marks. Keep in mind.
0: Yeah, witches, very important part.
1: Yeah, were killed between the 1500 and 1660. Germany had the highest rate of witches, and <laughs> Ireland had the lowest. So, just yeah. couldn't swim, maybe. I
0: don't <laughs> want to wonder like what I know. Ireland is Catholic, right? It's predominantly yes. Catholic, whereas Germany. I don't know what branch of Catholicism or Christianity. They are. I wonder if that played
1: into... Played into it. Played into that. No, you're right. And I want to say German religion is a little more strict. I want to... Took geography of Europe last semester. I'm sorry, <laughs> Dr. Dr. Lennon, if you hear this.
0: <laughs> it's crazy. I think it's interesting that, you know, even werewolves and vampires, there's some level of science to it. It made sense. Yeah. Like, oh, people just didn't understand. But what's nah. crazy about witches, it's literally just someone saying, you're a witch. And then they're like, no, I'm not. And they're like, prove it. How do I prove it? And then they would just kill you. <laughs> It's crazy. It, it's just, and also, most of them were women. And it was women Ooh. that were like not deemed like good women by society. So they were hate to see it. Exactly. Hate
1: to see that sexism. Exactly. Early on in society.
0: Just like women that were widows, single, or just
1: considered lustful women consumed lustful women. by the devil. Exactly. So, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Those,
0: those were all those that were uh-huh. considered witches. So it kind of just shows that.
1: Erica. Do you consider yourself a witch?
0: I mean, depends on who's asking. <laughs> <laughs> all right, same to me. Yeah, who's asking? Like, who's asking kill exactly. after are you some German priest in the 1400s? Because <laughs> no, senor.
1: Because <laughs> no, senora. I'm not a witch. <laughs> Nine. But if you're asking today, I mean, I do love a good scare. Yeah. So mostly it was women, which is super annoying because yeah. men are just as evil. So witch hysteria. So we've gone through Europe now. They've killed about 80,000 women, Germany, Ireland, all the way across. And so now. They have officially transitioned to the new world, witch hysteria in the United States. So, the way witches came to be about in the United States. So, actually, so everyone knows when Europe, when the Europeans and when
0: they're, they're that wonderful, they felt- that
1: wonderful man Christopher Columbus <laughs> decides to come and destroy land and mm-hmm. humankind and. Everything pure that is America at that point. He gave
0: everyone smallpox.
1: <laughs> yeah, he gave everyone smallpox. And so wars against the European powers and Native Americans led to the creation of scapegoats and to explain problems. And a lot of that was on witches. And they said, oh, that's that that thing on your face, it must be because of a witch.
0: Yeah. Oh, you have no crops? Witches. As Europe was, oh, maybe we should chill with the witches. The U.S. was, uh-uh. Nah. Witches came here. <laughs> now we have to deal with the witch problem.
1: Let us exterminate them. Exactly, and that they did. And, <laughs> and <laughs> The most yep. famous one, most famous witch trials were in Salem, Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, so in 1692, Salem witch trials. So all of them, all this whole thing began when a couple of children got sick, and people started blaming witchcraft and calling other people witches or black magic users.
0: It was just crazy because someone actually just confessed to it. They're like, "You're a witch," and she was like, "I guess."
1: Oh, and no. Then
0: that's when the whole thing went just everyone started blaming each other, you know, kind of like a
1: kind of classic,
0: kind of a communist scare. Think McCarthyism in the 50s. Yes. Just with witches.
1: Oh, so 150 women were accused and 18 people were executed. It's important also to note that oftentimes people were tortured into confessing. So even if you didn't think you were a witch, if you just wanted to get it over with and say,
0: yeah, you're just like, I'm a witch.
1: I'm a witch. I'm done So, So laws that protected people against witch trials weren't created until the mid-1700s. So at this yeah. point, George Washington is stateside, and the colonies are being taxed, there's some tea parties going <laughs> on, and witches are still being <laughs> tried. So keep that in mind. Uh, don't get your history uh, confused here. So most yeah. of the ways they passed judgment on who was a witch or not, Is very weird and inaccurate, obviously, as we've learned, as (laughs) they've just pointed it out to people. Some religions in today's world are considered witchcraft, like voodoo, santeria, and... Candomblé. Candomblé.
0: Yeah, I think it's important to point out, though, that these religions that are considered witchy or witchcrafty Mm -hmm. are mostly African descent. So they were you know, traditionally, like, brought to the New World through the slave trade. And a lot of our negative perception. well, they were considered negative, again, same with, like, other witches or yeah. pagan religions that, you know, worshipped a lot of different um, gods or just weren't Catholicism. So a lot of the negative perceptions, at, at least for me, for a long time, when you thought voodoo, you thought brujería, santería, things mm-hmm. like that, you would think of something evil or demonic, but they're really not. You know, it's just, it's just because of, like, these years of ne- these negative perceptions we have that are, you know, deeply ingrained in racist perceptions of yeah. of African traditions and cultures, then that's why nowadays you can still. That's why we view it as that. Exactly. So important to think about that. But, they're, like, they're really just very, just they're different different practices to what we're accustomed to
1: totally i was in new orleans last weekend voodoo shops alive and well yeah you want to go check it out in new orleans it was cool i hadn't been there in a while and i went to go see it and i was like oh she's got voodoo dolls exactly
0: it's, it's pretty interesting our next and i think final fact check history creature will be zombies are you a zombie fan
1: i'm not gonna lie to you I, the only reason I really partake in the zombie hysteria and craze, you know, I, did, I don't watch Walking Dead. I'm not into it. Mm-hmm. But my father is a huge it's doomsday prepper, huge doomsday prepper and thinks zombie apocalypse is totally real. Although I will also not lie to you. I have seen Zombieland, the movie, but in French. So I've never actually seen the real one. I've only seen the French version of it. My foreign exchange student in high school, he was really into it. And he was like, "Watch with me, watch with me." And I was like, "Okay, well, the whole movie is in French, so I've kind of seen it, but i but I'm, not really, <laughs> not really."
0: Okay, I, I like you. Y'all. I'm not a big zombie kind of gal, but I'm really scared of them for some really? reason. Yeah, I remember I watched The Walking Dead the first episode, like the day that the supposed the Mayan calendar was gonna end, like the actual oh. last day of the world, supposedly. And it prep. literally scarred... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I you literally-
1: imagine you, like, in the but dark, I was- eating popcorn, like, <laughs> no, the world's gonna end? But it
0: was literally so scary. I was watching it, and then I was with some friends. We were, like, home alone, mm-hmm. and I was scarred for life. I couldn't watch the show ever again. I don't Jeez. know why. But much like vampires, zombies are also <laughs> rooted in some fact. And just... You know, disclaimer here, well into the podcast, we say some fact, we're not saying like there's actual zombies or vampires. It's just, you know, there's some of an explanation as to why people thought. Why
1: people think that they're real.
0: Exactly. So again, much like vampires, the ancient Greeks talk about zombies in their literature. They've even found graves with bodies full of rocks and stakes. So similar to the same idea of keeping the dead in their graves and not having them leave, you know? Make sure everyone stays in their place. But yeah, but much like it's actually, well, this is actually kind of sad, but zombie myths have been present in Haiti since the 1700s, which was the beginning of the slave trade into Haiti. And lots of the reasons why people would talk about zombies or discuss or make stories for that was because of ideas of longing for freedom. And just because the slave of labor was so brutal and horrific that it was literally like the living dead. You were basically just being...
1: And still in still in uh, addiction today of, yeah. yo, I'm dead. I, I feel like, like I, I'm i so tired. I feel like a zombie.
0: Exactly. So mm. literally, you can trace that back to that. And there actually have been some reports of zombies in medical journals. So that's oh, kind of crazy. Are you so, serious? Yeah, no. So there's three actual accounts of cases of zombies In you know prestigious academic journals like actual scientific communities saying like yep this person rose from the dead one of them is the body of a haitian woman who appeared to be dead she was buried in their family tomb only to reappear three years later and the investigation that came came about after she was discovered again was that her tomb was filled with stones and her parents agreed to just admit her to a local hospital so in the end she was thought to be undead, but in the end, her parents just kind of covered up her admittance into the hospital. But the medical journal reported it as, oh, looks like she was actually Jesus. undead, yeah. Another case, a well-documented documented case, because it was so recent, 1962, so like 60-something years ago, was a Haitian man named Clervius Narcisse, and he went into a hospital had a bunch of respiratory problems and he slipped into a coma, was declared dead, and he was buried. But 18 years later, this woman, Angelina Narcisse, was just walking around in her village marketplace and a man walked up to her and said that he was her brother. And again, investigation went on and doctors, townspeople, and family members all identified him as Clervius Narcisse, who had died 18 years prior. And he was claiming that he had been buried alive and then dug up and put to work on a distant sugar plantation. Yeah, so it's again. Oh, you, can't,
1: you can't make that. You can't make that up.
0: Yeah, exactly. So the first case, I was kind of like, oh, okay, you know, classic yeah, case of framing. Classic. You she's can, dead. Yeah.
1: She's back to life. But, yeah,
0: yeah, but then <gasps> when you think about the other one, I mean, that's 1962. I I don't know that one.
1: That one. That one shakes me a little bit.
0: Yeah, it, it'd be really scary to think that that was actually the case. So I guess technically, again. Not necessarily buried dead, because when you're in a coma, you're technically still alive. So there's lots of technicalities with these cases, but they're still in medical journals, still, you know, highly respected sources. So interesting to think about. But one, some experts argue that because, again, we were talking about a bunch of Walking Dead, Zombieland, all these different... Create like right now, I feel a lot of media loves zombies. World War Z exactly. Well, World paid, War Z. That was a
1: huge one,
0: exactly. So, some experts think that this fascination was created just because after the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki after, during World War II, there was just the society's perception of violence was just completely flipped. Warped. Exactly, such large scale disasters, there's horrible images of people running and you know the picture of the child running after the bomb fell and all of that it's really sad and just really warped how we view violence so lots some people argue that in order to fictionalize these deaths on a mass scale and focus on survival of the fittest that's a common theme you see in zombie narratives that can be traced back to that kind of just how we as a society came to understand violence.
1: And we as a society. We
0: live in a society. We live in a society. Exactly. But just kind of a new interpretation of violence and how society copes with it and stuff, which that, I thought was pretty interesting.
1: No, that is really interesting, especially about the turning point of viewing violence on a mass scale like that. Mm-hmm, and exactly. it's so true. Like, think about how popular serial killer documentaries are mm-hmm. with our age group. Yeah. Like, the Ted Bundy thing that came out with Zach Efron, who's, mm-hmm. like, total, like, they, they put these team teen heartthrobs in there because they know that people watch them yeah exactly. um my friend my friend Dahmer mm-hmm. uh, Jeffrey Dahmer him like it's so popularized Even just
0: like the prevalent, you have shows Criminal Minds all these Criminal CSI mind, like right. all these different things that are just obsessed with kind of getting behind the mind of the killer and I don't know I think uh, with it, it makes sense for me the this this explanation of things because when you think about Things like she, you just think a wasteland, like people literally struggling to come alive. Right. Kind of just half dead, half alive people just
1: share noble with, diaries.
0: Exactly. Things like that. So I think it, it's a it's an interesting explanation as to why we become so obsessed with these narratives and these ideas and create so much media around them.
1: I agree with you, Erica. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And okay, so before we leave you, we'll bring up a couple things that are a little. We told you we're gonna bring up some local flair for you. So here's some local flair for you in Gainesville, Florida. If you're not aware, Gainesville, Florida is home to the Gainesville Ripper, uh, commonly (laughs) popular. Speaking of serial killers, we love to talk about her. Um, No, the Gainesville Ripper, unfortunately, was a very sad event here in the 1990s in Gainesville, Florida, where the University of Florida did experience uh, kind of the serial killer hysteria. Mm-hmm. We had the Gainesville Ripper who killed five students uh, at the University of Florida. It was a very, very crazy time. A lot of people, it was early in uh, August and like September and fall semester. Mm-hmm. A lot of people ended up withdrawing their admission and going home because they were so terrified. He started off killing, killing women and who were, of course, short, petite, uh, women who had brown, brown hair, hair and brown eyes yeah. of course both Eric eyes both Eric and I sitting here uh women of shorter <laughs> stature with brown hair and brown eyes so um and then well, um, nervous and thing. then he uh, ended up killing a woman in her apartment and then her boyfriend was home who was like yeah. six foot three ended up killing him and yeah. that's when everyone lost it they're like yeah. okay if someone who's six foot three can be killed then we're done here yeah and he unfortunately he would he would uh, uh apologies if this is gruesome for anyone but he would uh he decapitated them yeah so he would uh take off their heads he would like
0: frame the crime scene as well yeah it was it was, it was like,
1: a little was severely not yeah. a little it was severely disturbing yeah uh so that was a little intense but but the Gainesville Ripper did go on to inspire the uh, famous horror movie Scream so that oh, is based. Really? yeah the Gainesville Ripper that's the movie Scream is based on it
0: I didn't know it was him specifically isn't that crazy that's crazy
1: yeah, it is a little freaky. So when I'm in Gainesville, we actually have we have uh, the 34th Street wall that we're famous for here. Paints on it, painting on it. Mm-hmm. One of the bricks is the iconic we will never forget. The remember, and then it's all five names, all five victims' names. So that's one that's never get painted. Never's it, allowed to get. Painted. Yep. Never's allowed to get painted over. As well as a lot of people don't know this one. So in between Library West and Library East, those five trees on your right when you're walking towards Heavener Hall and Which towards like Anderson. Anderson. Uh, and there's five trees in a row, and those are also for the five victims. The university chose to honor them on campus as well. Oh, so a lot of people don't know that, but yeah, those are two like historical monuments that mark like a tragic kind of, event. Yeah, yeah. A tragic event here in Gainesville. That's crazy. But yeah, so that's a little bit that's a little bit spooky. There's yeah, we won't, spooky we won't, in
0: real life. But let's get gave, into mythical. Yeah, we gave not you not uh, real Spooky.
1: Yeah, we gave you the the query quick spark notes of that. There's a lot of podcasts that talk about it out there, more depth, uh, specifically yeah. more in depth. So we encourage you to go listen uh, if you if you'd like. But um, okay, so there's two more things that I'll talk about that talk about why Florida is so creepy in general. So Devil's Mill Hopper, which is a huge like famous spring here, that's probably 45 minutes away from our campus. It's called Devil's Mill Hopper, and there's an old there's an old legend that. There's an old princess, the devil wanted to marry a young girl and she would go to visit the hole every day. Uh, And then the devil wanted to marry her so bad that he swallowed her into the ground. And that's why it opened up even further a couple of years ago. So there's a rumor that she's still down there swimming. So people who go scuba diving and go all the way to the bottom sometimes report seeing a, a girl down there. And it's a rumor that it's her. Can you, first of all, can you imagine that you're scuba diving? And it's super dark and humid. I mean, it's like, already scary yeah. to go in there
0: scuba diving because you're in caves and it's yeah. very...
1: And it's Florida. Like, they just cave in on you.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you don't know what, you, you what the heck's know. down there.
1: No, you just never know. And can you imagine you see a girl swimming? The devil might be trying
0: to get his girl and you're yeah. in the middle of that process. The
1: devil saying, let me get my girl. Where, where's she at? So he's just going to swallow you too. But the, all, the other one, and this one's a little more, again, this is just, this is big Florida man energy. Exactly. Uh,
0: again, Florida has a reputation <laughs> for local Florida man, local, you Local know. Florida
1: man, local craziness.
0: Actually, fun uh, fact, a reason why local <laughs> Florida man is such a thing is because something with the police records that there's a law in Florida that they just have to, it's like more open than in other states. So, like, okay. whenever something happens, news, news sources can just get... That information really quickly, which is oh, why you see so many reports of Florida. Florida man is because there's no legislation to make sure that people can't report on it as easily as <laughs> in Florida. So that's why we of have. Of course, of course. I'm sure there's a lot of other crazy people in other states. It's just Florida doesn't makes it, it really easy. It, we we love talking about it. So
1: why not? So there's a rumor that, or not a rumor, but it's it's common it's common knowledge, I guess, <laughs> apparently on the internet that uh, the Everglades apparently it's very common for human bodies to like float up in up. the Everglades and like human remains like bones and like sometimes whole bodies people whole bodies That's that crazy. are consistently uncovered and some people think that a lot of them are Native American bodies that have just been there for centuries mm-hmm. uh and then like the hurricane will turn them up or just like the way nature will run its course and they'll pop up and stuff like that yeah. and it puts some people uh, like, the ones that are more consistent, and because it's happened for so long now, think that it's people who dump, like, heinous crimes in the Everglades.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it also depends on, like, the level of decomposition of the body. Exactly. Obviously, you find a bunch of bones, in my there might be a yeah. chance that it's older bodies, but if you're finding a full-on body, that's yeah. definitely girl. not Native American <laughs> you, burial grounds. You, got, you <laughs> gotta like, turn her in. You like, gotta turn her in,
1: girl. Exactly. It's crazy. So yeah, it just goes to show that Florida people are literally psychotic. And if so, you didn't think that before, this last one, this last one will get you on why people, why people in Florida are psychotic. <laughs> so, have you? Erica, are you considering retiring to Florida? Yeah. Think again. Think again. Well, this man uh, from Rhode Island decided he wanted to retire in Florida and good old humble, humble Naples, Florida, just a West coaster. Naples is one of the largest retirement communities here in Florida for sure. Right. So, Uh and this man said, you know, I don't want to be a boring retiree. I, I want to, I want to be a clown. I've always had a long time appreciation for clowns. Yeah. We, we said it was spooky season. Y'all knew that clowns (laughs) were bound to come up. So here it is. Um, and we would be talking about my favorite clown Pennywise, but unfortunately (laughs) we don't have time today, but wrinkles. So Wrinkles the Clown, an old retiree, says he doesn't want to be boring, so he takes up clowning. And he's not that good at it. He doesn't get a lot of bookings. And then he advertises himself, and he gets his mask, and he kind of distorts his mask a little bit. And now it's turned into this really droopy, it has big, wide black eyes. It looks really, just like, again, it's distorted. It's a distorted clown. It's like Pennywise or like any evil clown looks. And he just stands on the corner of streets and smiles and waves at people and with his distorted clown mask on, and people are freaking terrified uh, of him, and he starts to, he gets so popular, he starts advertising himself as someone who will scare your child straight, so if you call his anonymous number, and you have to pay him, he only accepts cash payment, he will come scare your child for you, and scare them straight, and so that you can say, do you want wrinkles to come back to your child after they've been Quite literally traumatized <laughs> by this clown, and he ended up going viral in 2015 because someone he like did a PR thing where he had someone record a video of him coming out from underneath a young girl's bed. Where it's like literally, a, I mean, I, I'm sure everyone can picture their nightmares as a child well, where the clown comes out of your clown
0: bed. Clown out Academ-
1: The clown, the Florida clown epidemic. Exactly. Yes, we did we had, have that. We had
0: a clown spotted, <laughs> literally two blocks away from my dorm they're like please do not <laughs> engage <go."> this individual <laughs> like there has been a clown spotted we got the ufpd alert and everything and i was just freshman year erica you
1: know just she's going to, to florida she's trying to study
0: just i i'm like living the american dream so excited and then they're like
1: clown spotted
0: do not leave the
1: premises <laughs>
0: I was spooked, to say the least.
1: Yeah, that we went through a little bit of a phase there in uh, 2015 through probably 2017, 2016, mm-hmm. where there were just people who would dress up as clowns in the state of Florida and stand outside in the dark and scared the living bejesus out of people for no reason. But Wrinkles okay. did up getting famous. The Washington Post wrote an article about him in 2015, and we still do not know his identity to this day. So let me just leave you with that, everyone.
0: Well... Thank you for that. Yeah, so <laughs> now I can go to sleep very easily.
1: Wrinkles is still out there at large, so <laughs> for hire. If you yeah. want to hire any, if you need to hire wrinkles for any service, say less. Well,
0: thank you guys uh, for listening today. Hope you got a little bit spooked and maybe reconsidered your Disneyland trip. But anywho, thank you for listening. Uh, make sure to follow Beyond the Talk on Instagram. That's at Beyond the Talk UF. We'll be posting links to the episodes there as well as just. Virginia and beautiful faces, so make sure to follow us there, as well as TEDxUF on all social media. We're on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, as well Twitter. Anything you want. I can't believe I said LinkedIn before Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> yeah, we're but, on
1: LinkedIn. Yeah, what about so it?
0: In case you you want some of that, we also have a bunch of events coming up this semester and the next. So if you want to stay up to date with what TEDxUF is up to throughout the semester, make sure to follow. And thank you, J-School and Rob Harder for letting us record here in the studio. We really do appreciate it. But everyone stay safe. Halloween weekend. Don't get too Spooky.
1: spooky. And
0: thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time.